Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate, or you can go to buymeacupofcoffee slash CraigU. All of these links are also in my show notes. And for people who donate, I have various levels of benefits. For $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and from John to Justin, and on social media. For $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by with your name at the start. Also, I'll state it's sponsored by you on social media. For $20, everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you and promotion of something you're working on. And for $50, everything from the $5, $10, and $20, plus you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to my username, Bairdo37. And you can find weekly videos on Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash CanadianHistoryX. If you want to find transcripts of every episode I've ever done, you can go to my website, CanadaEHX.com. And there's over 700 posts on Canada's history there. The area of Black Diamond nestled in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains near Calgary was the land of the Blackfoot for centuries. The Blackfoot were the dominant group in the area since long before Europeans ever arrived. The bison were the most important animal and resource for the Blackfoot. They would hunt the bison to get food and supplies for clothing, shelter and more. And for a time before Europeans arrived, the area was covered with immense herds of bison. Addison McPherson, a very early pioneer of the area, would say, quote, One cannot conceive of the millions of buffalo. You could travel for days and never be out of sight of the herds, right up to where the present town of Wetaskiwin is located today. End quote. As the bison were hunted to near extinction by Canadians and Americans, it would lead to near starvation for the Blackfoot. This would result in the Blackfoot being forced to sign Treaty 7 so they could receive rations on the reserve set aside for them. The treaty was signed on December 4, 1877, to the south of Black Diamond at Blackfoot Crossing. The most important part of the indigenous culture in the area was without a doubt the Okotok, which is the Blackfoot name for rock located to the east of Black Diamond. The rock was an important stopping place for the indigenous as it served as a marker to find the river crossing. The story of how the rock got there is also an interesting one. Around 12,000 to 17,000 years ago, there was a massive landslide in the Rocky Mountains near present-day Jasper, which dropped millions of tons of quartzite rock onto a glacier. That glacier would slowly move through the Rocky Mountains and then join the giant ice sheets that covered the landscape during the last ice age. These ice sheets flowed across Alberta, 
all the way down to Montana, and for eons, those rocks sat in the glacier. As the ice age ended, the ice sheets melted, and as they did, those rocks that had been deposited so long ago began to fall onto the landscape, along a path now known as the Foothills Erratics Trail. The trail stretches for 930 kilometers, but it's only 22 kilometers wide. Many of the boulders are small, as small as just one foot, but the largest of them all is Big Rock near Black Diamond. Measuring at 9 meters tall, 41 meters long, and 18 meters wide, while also weighing 16,500 tons. The rock is split down the middle, and the indigenous have a story to explain that. It was on a hot summer day that Nappy, the trickster, rested on a rock because he was tired. He put his robe over the rock and asked the rock to keep the robe in return for letting him rest there. Then it grew cold and windy. Nappy asked for his robe back, but the rock refused. Nappy took his robe nonetheless, and as he walked away, he heard a loud noise and saw the rock was rolling towards him. Several animals, including the bison, tried to stop the rock, but failed. Nappy then called for the bats to help, who dove at the rock, hitting it and splitting it into two pieces. Hence, how the rock appears to this day, and why bats have flat faces. In 1978, the Big Rock Erratic was made a provincial historic site and is now protected due to its geological and cultural importance. There is public parking at the area as well as interpretive signs that detail the history of the area, its importance to the indigenous, and the geological history of the rock. If you do visit, do not climb on the rock. It can damage the rock and you can definitely hurt yourself. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms, and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. In 1899, the aforementioned McPherson and his friend J.J. Cooper had opened a coal mine near to where Black Diamond is today. The mine was very successful with 650 tons of high-grade coal being produced annually and shipped out of the area. As the mine grew in size, so too did the number of workers who began to live in the area and call it home. Before long, the number of workers and their families necessitated the establishment of a store and post office, which would be established by Herb Arnold in 1907. With a post office, a name was needed. There were two names that were put forward. The first was Arnoldville in honor of the postmaster, and Black Diamond in honor of the coal mine that had created the town. To decide which name would be used, both names were put into a hat, and Black Diamond was chosen. The heritage of Black Diamond is honored in the giant Black Diamond roadside attraction, which sits just above a reconstructed coal cart located at the main street of the town to the front of the municipal office. 
1929, nearby Turner Valley became the first place in Alberta to have a major oil boom, and before long, that would stimulate a construction boom in Black Diamond, which saw its population balloon to 1,000 people, most of it families living in shacks and tents. On May 8, 1929, Black Diamond would become a town, something it would remain as until January 1, 1956, when it once again returned to village status. For the next two decades, the area was the center of the oil industry in Alberta, but that would change in 1947 when Leduc No. 1 was hit and the oil industry shifted to the north of the province. It was also in 1929 that Black Diamond received a very famous visitor when Winston Churchill, future British icon and Prime Minister, visited the area to see the oil fields that were booming. He would be joined by Pat Burns, one of the founders of the Calgary Stampede, and Mayor F.V. E. Osborne of Calgary. On April 25, 1949, there was a terrible fire that erupted in Black Diamond that would reshape the entire community. At 4 a.m., the fire began and quickly burned through the community, destroying six businesses, partially destroying another shop, and driving many people from their homes in the early hours of the day. One woman was injured in the fire and was taken to hospital to be treated for shock and burns to her feet that occurred when she fled her burning suite and her bare feet. In the same building, 25 people, including one child, escaped the flames without being injured. The fire was fanned by high winds blowing in from the west, allowing the fire to spread quickly. The buildings destroyed were the Winston Theatre, the Black Diamond Transportation Building, a garage, the Calgary Power Limited Building, a style shop, and a photography studio. The Welcome Inn was heavily damaged in the fire as well. And throughout the community, the roofs of many other buildings and homes were damaged by cinders landing on them, requiring residents to climb onto the roofs to dump pails of water on them. Fire Chief Ken Aikens would say, quote, we don't know where the fire started. It was either the theater or the transportation garage, probably the latter, end quote. The fire was fought by 10 members of Black Diamond Volunteer Fire Brigade, as well as 100 other firefighters from Okotoks and Turner Valley. A Mr. Weber would say, quote, The fire department worked hard and deserved credit for saving the town. They handled the tough job well, end quote. In all, the fire caused $200,000 in damages, or about $2.5 million today. I hope you enjoyed that short look at the history of Black Diamond. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to Canada ehx.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Keelan Pregnitz, Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.